the script is different because women are actually making the recording themselves. So rather than somebody speaking on behalf of women, this time we've asked people to go out and record their own interviews, their own personal stories, their own clips of music, and now we've put it together so that women can speak for themselves. I know somebody will learn from my story. It's mad, I'm telling you. Any woman that finds herself in that situation, yeah. like, it is for you to flip it and use it to your advantage. I think it's really exciting to be using a podcast as audio connection so that women across the UK can literally speak to each other. Uh, it's not just relying on written text. Now you can just plug in as you're going around your daily business and actually feel like you're connected with other women across the country. No, you say it. No, I say it. Okay. No, you don't. Okay, you... okay. Women flip the script. Ooh. Women flip the script. Women flip the script. You're listening to the first episode of Women Flip the Script, which is centred all around relationships. We'll be talking about how prison affects relationships with family, friends, professionals and ourselves. All our contributors are women who have either been to prison themselves or have had some experience with the UK criminal justice system. To kick us off, here's the powerful Lady Unchained with her song, Dear Mum. Dear Mum, I'm sorry. I know I promised to be good and that's where I've been trying to Hold it down, but see this place just ain't for me. These officers are more racist than the guy who used to live down the road. The white British inmates are complaining that they ain't got enough white products on the canteen. I personally wouldn't care if they put gel off on the menu. Too dark for them to have respect for me. 
Don't they see that I too have a beating heart Just like them and two eyes that I used to see Just how much hatred they have for me Hopefully my transfer goes through Then I can return back to normality Pray for me mum cause these people are moving mad And I don't wanna get caught up in their web of lies and confusion You know me, I don't fight, that's the other me I don't know how she works, I can't control her But it's like they can see her anger through my eyes Cause I can feel her heat pumping through my chest Mum, I'm not sure how long I can hold her in I just pray this transfer comes quick Women flip the script. Women flip the script! Have that second chance at life. Like at the end of the day, if you go into your sentence with a positive mind and a plan, you can use this bad thing to your um, like advantage. Do you know what I mean? Like, first thing I'd like to focus on for this podcast would basically be um, how your relationship or relationships with families, with your partner, your children, whichever, how do you feel your relationship has been impacted by your time in prison? Being separated from my child was the like hardest thing I've ever had to experience, like ever. And you don't know that that's going to be the hardest thing you'll ever experience until you're in it. I know how much that child loves me. I'm not going to waste this time. I want to be able to come out and be say like, you know, when she's older, she might be like, you did this and it's impacted me this way. This is why I do this. Like, by the grace of God, I pray she doesn't, but that could happen. So for me, I want to still be able to say, yes, I done wrong. But with that wrong, I done good. Yeah. I made sure I used my time wisely. I made sure that I put myself in a position yeah. where I could come out and still provide for yes, you in exactly. a legal way. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, use your time wisely. And for me, relationships, my relationship with my mum is a lot better. I think I'm a lot more patient. I'm not saying I'm perfect with it, but I feel like I'm a lot more patient. My respect for my mum and my you know, my family members that supported me fully through it, I will always, like, you know when you just feel like I'm forever in debt mm. to you for that? It's not like I feel like I owe you anything, but it's just like I want to it's a respect. show my appreciation. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's had an impact, a positive impact on the relationship I have with my children. I don't think anything has changed with family really however with my friends I feel like they have a, I've seen that they have like a different type of respect for me do you understand but with my family I just feel like it's the same type can of I thing. just ask is that different kind of respect because you went to jail or because of 
what you did with your time and how you handled you. I think it's because of what I did with my time and how I handled you. No, you know I just got asked. No, you know, yeah. some people out there be like, yeah, she went yeah. to jail. Yeah, yeah it's Cut true. <laughs> yeah, it's because of how I handled it. I think with me, like, I think of it from a different angle to you, Slot, because I have a bit of resentment, maybe. Because, one, where you sort of said, yeah, you know, my mum took, like, she did a lot for me when she was inside, but when I was inside, um, X, Y, and Z. For me, my answer would be to that, well, I didn't ask. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? <laughs> However, listening to you lot, it's made me sit here and think like, right, even though I've got that attitude of I didn't ask, I still need to be grateful in it because she didn't have to do that. Yeah, she didn't have to what? say, nah, I'm t- I'm going to take my grandchildren and um, I'm going to do that. Especially as a woman, and especially if you have children, I feel kind of like you need to use that time wisely. You need to go in there. For me, growth was a big thing friendships well relationships when it comes to friendships i prism made me have a complete different perspective on friendships and it's quite sad but it's like people that were a major part of my life and had all the chat when it came down to it they didn't stand the test of the time it's an eye-opener that relationship clearly wasn't as strong as i thought it was when I was in prison, is being on your own is okay. Yeah. Because guess what? You are on your own, really, in this world. Mm-hmm. And even though you have things and people and relationships around you, really yeah. and truly, when it comes down to how your life turns out, is actually down to you exactly. and you're on your own or making exactly. those decisions. My mind yeah. was focused mainly on my children. Yeah. And that's all I cared about. And that's why, like what you were saying earlier, when you were saying about make, using your time wisely, I definitely agree to that. I went in there and done every qualification that was offered to me, <laughs> like every single qualification yeah. you could think of. Ones that I thought I might not even ever try and get a job in doing, but I just took, the, I got the qualification just so I could have it and say I didn't sit there and do nothing with my time. Yeah, level up. I wasn't wasting my time away from my children. Do you know what? Going to prison definitely categorised the people in my life. Yes, Definitely. and that is the key. That, that's one thing I say, it's positive. Everything about going to prison is turned life. my relationships positive. Friends that I have, I have them also in categories and my family mm. are also in their categories yeah. too. Yeah, like, because literally, every, not in a bad way, but everyone does have a purpose, do you know what yeah. I mean? And my main thing is if they're no good for my my well-being. Right, exactly. My, and that's literally any, my, especially, not even, especially my emotional well-being. Mm, yeah. I'm able to look at things and see whether, when I, like, whether it's good yeah, for you or yeah, not. Yeah, whether it's good for yeah. me and whether it's even worth my time. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. it's worth my time. Yeah. Right. And that's the categories, and that's, and that's the categories I place people in yeah, now. Yeah. Are you worth that time? Yes. Are you not worth that time? Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, I'm more, more quicker now to be like, oh, wait a sec, I don't need this relationship with this person, whether it be friend, relative, whatever, and I'm back off in the situation. Now, it's like, no, it's not good, it's not healthy for me, Mm. I don't need it, it's fine. What prison has done, it has made me see my wrongdoings in my little problem with my family. And it also has opened my eyes to say, like, you know, there's certain things I need to work on with myself. Like, people are people in it, and you can't change them, but you can change how you deal with them.
on the outside, I am a lot more like patient with different people yeah. from different walks of life. I may, I am a lot more open to experiencing mm -hmm. other ways of Definitely. life. Definitely, you know what I mean. I would say relationships. Even though you don't have a relationship with people outside in the community all the time, you kind of do in a way. Yeah. Like you get on the train mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And relationships in that aspect, I've learned a lot because mm -hmm. I've had to live with so much different types of people that I wouldn't even dream of living with yeah. and sharing stuff with and giving mm -hmm. things to. Yeah. 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 In reality, it, before I went to prison, mm -hmm. I would not even want to look at them. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? And, like, I think with the community, it's taught me a lot as well. Mm -hmm. I think relationships, my relationships with the community. I'm definitely... I think that with it's prisoners have a good impact on the relationships that I've had oh that I have because I've learned how to be more patient with people be yeah. more accepting of their characteristics yeah. and differences do you understand what I mean and that's it I would definitely advise people like inside and out whilst in prison and when you get out if there is like certain therapies that are being offered regarding relationships and that. Yeah, you should 100% take You should them. take them, definitely, because it gives you a different perspective. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying to you? And that's that's another thing that has come of my time that it gave me, it made me take... But you have to work on look. self first. Though. Yeah, and definitely. Work on self. Before first. you can work on any relationship with others. And that was, I think that's my thing. I had to work on self and that's what, that's what prison done for me. It gave me a, yeah, it gives a, a the time. time. Gave me the time to work on self. So I would advise work on self because yeah. without working on self, you can't work on anything else. And working on self will Be allow you to have more acceptance mm. of how your other relationships yeah. will come along. Because they might not all go good. Do you know mm. what I mean? There were certain, there was, I had a little Mayor Angelou mm. poem up, you know, the still I write, mm. most people know that one. But there are certain paragraphs out of that, like, where it relate, well, I felt like it very much related to me during that time. And it was, if I felt down or whatever, to this day, I will still go back to that. And it's just like, do you know what? As bad as things could be, it's actually not that right. bad. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirts, but still like dust I rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides. Just like hopes bringing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes? Shoulders falling down like teardrops weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me down with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air I rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the hearts of history's shame, I rise up from the past that's rooted in pain. I rise 
I'm a black ocean leaping wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Women flip the script. Our next segment features a mother interviewing her daughter to understand her perspective and experience following her mother's imprisonment. Like all of our audio pieces, this was recorded at home on a simple mobile phone. You can find written transcripts of each episode to read along or independently, divided into individual chapter booklets available from the Prison Advice and Care Trust. Alright, so your first question. Who did you stay with whilst your mum was in prison? Whilst my mum was in prison, I stayed with my nana. How did you find out your mum was going to prison? Um, my mum told me um, the day, well, the day before she was going to go to court that um, she might go to prison. And then a few days after, she said that she was going to prison. And some of my other family members told me as well. How did you feel when you found out your mum was going to prison? I actually felt really scared because I didn't know what, um, I didn't know who I was going to be with and I wasn't really sure how, but I felt confused and upset at the same time because some of it wasn't really helpful, it was just what triggered her. So I was really sorry for her and upset at the same time. Do you feel you were prepared for the separation? No, I wasn't really prepared because I'm so used to being with my mum that um, sometimes I I don't really focus on my morning routine that well. So I just need to get used to it. And then when I went back to my mum's, it was all different. How often did you see your mum? I saw her like um, once every Sunday for the whole time she was in jail. I didn't feel that was enough because I wanted to see her more than just once of every week. Do you feel you were supported whilst your mum was away? I was supported. Like A few of my aunties supported me. What kind of support would you have liked? Um, I would have liked someone to talk to. Yeah, I would have liked someone to talk to, but I'm not really used to, to talking to any of my other family members the way I talk to my mum. So I didn't really talk to anyone. If you could wish for one thing during that experience, what would it be? For my mum to not be in jail for such a long time. Because um, I don't think she actually deserved to be in jail that long. Women flip the script. Women flip the script. Women flip the script. Women flip the script. The thing that really got me through my prison sentence and post-release was my mindset. And I just decided when I knew I was going to prison that I was going to face this with the most positive mindset possible. I've seen too many people go through the system and come out half the person that went in 
or come out with serious mental health issues or come out to no family and you know these things obviously have a knock-on effect to your mental health and how you feel about yourself so that's your self-esteem your confidence and I just realized that in this world people are going to go and are going to let you down but there's no worse feeling than when you've let yourself down and so I just think it's really important to focus on your mental health uh focus on reading um positive affirmations working towards maintaining a healthy mental health surrounding yourself with people that want this you know want the same for you that you want for yourself because you know we don't realize it but sometimes when our mental health is affected when our self-esteem is affected when our confidence is affected it's usually a knock-on effect of the environments that we're in or the the people that we're surrounding ourselves with and one of the biggest lessons I got through going through the prison system and it was that when it's all said and done you're only left looking at yourself in the mirror and I've always wanted to be able to look at my reflection and not be scared of what looked back or not look at it and think who is that person and so whilst I was there I just chose to use that time to get to know myself um work on maintaining a healthy mental health work on maintaining a positive relationship with my family which in turn will help with my mental health and just look at things with a positive mindset and I know that's hard to do but it's so much easier to say woe me and the easy route is never the one that makes you feel good and so I'd rather take that that harder route and know that I'd done it off my own back I didn't allow circumstances to knock me down and keep me down and yeah if I could give any advice to mothers who find themselves in this situation in the situation of being in prison in the situation of having to deal with the probation service do not allow it to break you work on yourself work on being a better person than the person you were yesterday and knowing that we're mums always remember there are people our children looking at us for inspiration and guidance and if you can show your children how you positively deal with a negative situation of course it's going to just you know set them up for life on how to deal with things that might not always go their way and so you know that's that's what was always important to me that not to lose myself in the midst of it all but furthermore find myself and become a stronger person and become a stronger mother While we often focus on the relationships we have with intimate partners, friends and family members, the relationships we build with professionals can be equally as important. I decided to ask an outreach worker and a service manager what they think makes a good support worker. Here's what they have to say. So if we're thinking about what makes a good support worker, um, I think there's a lot a lot at play and I think that really has to be quite specific to the needs of the group that they're working with. Um, obviously the, the world is full of fantastic support workers really doing their best in adverse situations um, 
an adverse funding climate who, who probably would like to do a lot more than they can. Um, but I think when we're looking at, at what makes a good support worker in terms of women coming out of prison, and I think what's, what's really beneficial about the hub and the specialist outreach service is that we're coming at it from a, a gendered approach. We're coming at, we're a women's service, Solace Women's Aid is a women's service, and not just a women's service, but a violence against women and girls service. And I think a good support worker in terms of ethos and in terms of what their starting point is when working with women affected by criminal justice is recognising that the, that the criminal justice system is often a trauma and a violent experience for women or part and parcel of violence and trauma. Um, and so tied up in their homelessness, their abusive relationships, um, their drug and alcohol use, their mental health conditions, often unmet or undiagnosed mental health conditions, physical health conditions, poor family networks, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, care system, some of the things we've talked about. Um, so I think a good support worker, um, alongside, of course, compassion and empathy, um, needs to come from a starting point of, of seeing why offending happens or why offending behaviours take place. And I think for, for women, we've got to recognise the gendered perspective and the, the marginalisation that these women have, have experienced by society. It's not that they're bad people committing crimes, it's that they're trying to survive in a society that treats them like dirt and marginalises them at, at every opportunity. We can't just have a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all for working with people, because when you're working with women who are in crisis or who are in distress, you have to factor in all of the additional things that they may have been through as women, and particularly women who um, who are affected by the criminal justice system, we know that that means they've probably been affected by the care system. They've probably been abused by a partner, usually a male partner. They've probably been um, exposed to drug and alcohol difficulties, either in their own lives or their peers' lives or their families' lives. They've probably experienced family breakdown. Nobody wakes up one morning and just decides to, uh, to burgle a house or um, mug someone in the street. It's it's coming from somewhere, and I think we have to understand the gendered origins of, of offending, so-called offending behaviour um, when we're working with women. I think what makes a good support worker is a real understanding of the difficulties that the women face and how frustrating it can be, and just really recognising that the strength and courage of these women to every day still be trying to do things better and really, really rooting for them and wanting them to succeed and becoming really invested in them as people. And part of that is really establishing a rapport where they trust me. And I'm very, very informal in my approach. I'm very human. You know, we have long chats and my women know a lot about me and my family and, you know, my partner. And that leads to really healthy conversations about relationships. And they say things to me like, what would you do if your partner hit you? And then I can say, look, I would leave because that's not love. And, you know, he respects me and I respect him. And that leads to giving them a template of what a healthy relationship looks like that they can relate to because, unfortunately, they may not have seen one. I think that flexibility is so important. I might have a day planned where we're going to sit and apply for housing benefit and we're going to make an appointment with the GP. And then my woman turns up and she's distressed and her ex-partner has assaulted her. And that goes out of the window. Being a very calming influence and not getting swept up into the chaos that unfortunately they're experiencing, I can be that calming influence for them to see a way forward. You know, if 
just recognising the barriers that they face and knowing how I can help them go around those barriers. For example, when women present to housing on release, it's a really overwhelming day. They've got loads of appointments. I make sure that that process at housing is as quick as possible. I advocate with them to managers that, look, she's got a lot to do today. She can't sit here all day. Can we do this quickly? I make sure they've got a phone and phone credit. You know, I put them in a taxi to their accommodation and physically move them in with their staff. Like, I'm there so that they're not facing these things alone. Temporary accommodations, nobody knows what that entails. You walk in and it's just a bed. They've got no... um, cups and plates so not only are they being released from prison with nothing when they go to their accommodation even if I buy them some packet noodles they haven't got a plate to eat them off of universal credit we know is paid five weeks in arrears what are they going to do for those five weeks how are they going to fund their travel to appointments to probation to and from that accommodation and it can be the difference between them getting through those awkward first few weeks or panicking and reoffending to support themselves because the barriers that they face look pretty impossible without somebody saying, look, I've topped up your Oyster card, here's some phone credit, this is how we're going to get to your accommodation, and, you know, I believe in you, you can do it, you can ring me any time. Without that support, how are we expecting these women to find that self-belief to do this? Just encouraging them that they are, they're powerful and they're survivors. You know, as a woman, it's so lovely to work with women because focusing on what kind of unites us rather than what separates us, the experience of being a woman and helping these women. You know, they are survivors. They've been through things that none of us can imagine and they're still here and they're still trying and that's helping them recognise the strength in that and connect to their power as women. It sounds corny, but, you know, women are really powerful and helping them see that is really special to be able to do. And I come from a background in criminal justice where I was never able to help the women that I worked with as much as I wanted to and if they did have key workers I always found myself a bit jealous of the key workers that got to do those lovely rehabilitative nice things with the women and I was just sitting behind a table faced with you know the horrible decisions of do I have to recall this woman that can't get to me because she's got all these barriers that I know she's got working now and being able to do all the things I've always wanted to do to help these women rebuild their lives and move forward really really special but sometimes personalities just don't gel and that happens I've, I've just seen you know great key workers that are otherwise great at their jobs and they just don't gel with one woman for whatever reason and that's fine and nobody has to be upset by that you 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 know your key worker wouldn't even take it to heart if you said you know what I'm not sure this is working between us I'm not sure we're really on the same page like Talk about how you feel. You can tell your key worker, do you think we could try me having a different key worker? Because often key workers can just swap round. Maybe another key worker can work with you and then the key worker that you had can work with another woman that that woman was working with that maybe their relationship had broken down because relationships are delicate things and sometimes they break down and sometimes it's just no one's fault. So just recognising that maybe things are not going the best with your key worker and having an honest discussion about it and saying this feels uncomfortable. Those relationships are going to become the vehicle for change that like drives these women forward to be able to have the self-belief to do the things they're capable of. So I think that we can see already the effects of that. So I think it's about meeting the women where they're at, 
and letting it be led by them. I'm not doing things to them. I'm planning with them and being really collaborative and moving forward. The trust is the main, main thing because they don't really trust anyone because they've been let down and let down and let down by services. So I think one of the main things is to do what you have said you're going to do, to bring that consistency that they haven't seen in the past. For information, advice and support, visit prisonadvice.org.uk. Next time on Women Flip the Script. And for most women, I'm telling you, not everyone, but for most women, housing has been a major issue for them, whether they're in prison dealing with it or when they get out of prison dealing with it. This podcast was made possible by Advanced Women in Prison and PACT. It was produced by Van der Canton. A huge thank you to all the brilliant women who contributed their stories, poems, music and words of wisdom. Don't forget to pick up your transcripts where you'll find written versions of each episode and information on some of the services mentioned and others that might be helpful. What, 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 women. women. This is great.